confession is something that we don't talk a lot about. And if we do, it's with this idea that it's not done publicly because we are such a culture where we, you know, put our best pictures on Instagram and all those things. And we don't want to be vulnerable and honest and raw. But sometimes the truth is, is there are levels to our healing that can't happen in the absence of confession. So we're going to be talking about confession and what that practically means in the life of a believer this week. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach. And I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with him and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out and I just wanted a way to understand his will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, before we get into today's episode, I have a quick word. I know that you have been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. I know, I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus, how he calls them, how he encourages them, how he equips them. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, helping you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I also include a lot of cultural and historical information that makes these familiar passages of scripture really come alive. This is a great study to do with maybe your teen girls or a group of friends from church, and it will really help you gain confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. Again, head to shehears.org and you can find the Bible study on the resources page. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are starting our study of the corporate disciplines. If you've been with us over the summer, we've been talking about various spiritual disciplines and how they lead us closer to God and how we can more closely hear from God with the um, the spiritual muscles that are gained with these different spiritual disciplines. And so we talked about some of the more private ones, and now we're talking about the corporate ones. And by corporate, I mean within the body of Christ. So these are your more public um, expressions and spiritual disciplines. And so those would be things like confession, worship, guidance, and celebration. And while you might initially think, okay, why is confession on this list? Um, you might think it's personal. I think it's here because sin affects both God and our relationship with God and also the body of Christ because it can create a wound within our Christian fellowship. And so, um, I, 
what I've seen over the years is that confession is not something that we really talk about in terms of public confession. We really only hear about it in terms of personal confession, confessing our sins before God in this one-on-one relationship. And and I think um, that does a disservice to the understanding of what um, confession with another believer can do for our spiritual lives. And... Um, I think that goes back to lots of things throughout church history. In in the early centuries of Christianity, um, this idea of forgiveness and reconciliation and this process of confession, it was a really lengthy process. And this process of healing where the offender would be restored through uh, the ministry and discipleship of the Christian community. And then during the Middle Ages, it kind of changed to a more private version of confession. And then during the Reformation, it exclusively became really between an individual and God. And so what I want to talk about today is the original intention for this idea of confession. And yes, we have to have public confession as well as personal confession. And and why are we talking about confession? Well, really, essentially, it's because sin cuts us off from God. And so confession is coming to God and, and bearing that sin and asking for forgiveness and um, sometimes also accountability to get through that sin. And so there's a verse in First Timothy, verse two, I'm sorry, chapter two, verse five. It says there is one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ. And so, yes, the actual act of um, mediation between you and God is done by Jesus. But sometimes we do need a human agent to help us as well. Um, and so we see that in James five sixteen. It says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. And so both are found in scripture and neither one excludes the other. In fact, um, I think there's different seasons and different reasons for, for different uh, opportunities. I think some people are able to deal with sin privately, whereas some need accountability. And sometimes there are even certain sins you can deal with privately, but then there are others that need accountability. I want to read from scripture a familiar passage that talks about our need for seeking forgiveness through confession. Um, Romans 10, 3 through 18, it says, No one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away and all have become useless. No one does good, not a single one. Their talk is foul, like the stench from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with lies. Snake venom drips from their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. They rush to commit murder. Destruction and misery always follow them. They don't know where to find peace. They have no fear of God at all. And I read that because I think it's important for us to remember that the whole point of why we need Jesus is because no one is righteous, not even one. We all, whether you are a brand new Christian or you are somebody that has been in pastoral ministry for decades, there's not one of us that is righteous. Each one of us has to come to this place regularly of confession to receive forgiveness. And whether that's personal or public, um, we all have this need. And, And I think for me, what... What happened to me is I I got to a place where, of course, if there was, um, you know, sin sin in my life or a sin habit, I would quickly repent of that and and confess that to God and and get right with that. Um, But this idea of confession is about real reconciliation with God the Father. 
in areas that you might not even necessarily know. And so sometimes what happens is sin can cloud our effectiveness. And whether that is past trauma or past wounds or past hurting or whatever you want to call it, um, I think that's the reason why we can't just do a blanket prayer. Because this isn't about salvation. This isn't about, um, you know, yes, our sins are forgiven on the cross and all that. But this this series is about spiritual growth. And if we're talking about growing in our spiritual lives and developing these spiritual muscles and hearing from God more clearly, I think that we need to do a little bit deeper of a dive. And, you know, I really hesitated from from this when I was a younger believer. I remember probably 20 years ago, there was a woman who was talking to me about this Christian camp, family camp that she had gone to. And she was talking about how valuable one of the sessions was where they had you go back and name specific certain sins throughout your life and um, how freeing that was. And I remember at the moment thinking, man, that sounds exhausting. There's no way I would do that. I don't want to do that. And um, I'm, I'm thankful for a God that just forgives me past, present, and future. And I think at the time, that was probably an appropriate response because I was young. Age-wise, I was young. I was young in my maturity as a believer. But what I learned over the years is as I became a mom and as I, you know, was working in ministry or all the things, there would be there would be certain areas of ministry that I just did not feel like I was the most effective as I could be in because of past woundedness. And so one of the things that um I did in seminary was a exercise called the life map. And I would encourage you, if you've never done it, I would encourage you to look up this idea of doing a life map. And essentially what a life map is, is um, I did it with regular post-it notes. You could do it online. You could do it. Uh, I think Google has like a post-it notes pre-app. Um, but I did it with real post-it notes. And I took three different colors of post-it notes. Um, and I did this on my kitchen table. And I started from as young as I could remember. And I had one color for all of the ways that I could see God working in my life, even before I became a Christian. So um, all the different people God put in my path and all those kinds of things. And I had a different color for all of the ways that I had been wounded. And and I'll tell you, this isn't for the faint of heart because it was... Um, difficult to start but then once I started more and more started rising to the surface and so I broke this up into um, early childhood and then teenage years and then adulthood and so what I found I actually did it in three different chunks I did you know each one separately but then what I found um, so I had the good things and then I had the bad things and then I had another color that was almost like um it wasn't part of the initial exercise, but it was something that the Lord led me to of areas that I discovered where there was some stuff I had to deal with, whether it was sin that I had buried or it was just this act of forgiving the individuals that had hurt me. Um, I realized that through that process, there was different individuals in my life that had caused some trauma. I mean, I've talked about trauma before on this podcast. But there was different individuals in my life that in an effort to protect my heart and my mind and my emotions from, uh, well, simply not being able to function, I had buried some of that. And in that process of burying those events, 
I had also buried the unforgiveness that I held towards them or the bitterness or the uh, woundedness that would keep me from revisiting that area. And so as I started to unpack this with this life map, what it did was it gave me an opportunity to forgive that individual that hurt me. Now, one of the things that that always comes up, and I actually had this email from a listener uh, this week, how do you forgive somebody that has hurt you? Whether it was, you know, trauma, trauma doesn't have to be big things. Trauma can be little things. Trauma, you know, there's even an element uh, of uh, trauma that happens with normal childhood things like uh, even being picked last for gym class, you know, depending on the individual. And that might sound like a really trite example, but what I'm saying is, is there are moments of trauma that happen to all of us. Um, and then there are significant bigger moments of, um, abuse and, and and everything in between. So I'm not negating anything and I'm not minimizing anything, but what I want to say is that for some people, their trauma can be different than, than your own. But in that process, as I looked over each incident, I could see a redemptive thread of where God was working, but I could also see these moments of um, just bitterness that I was carrying or unforgiveness that I was carrying. And in my mind, prior to that experience, I probably would have just said, oh, well, um, I just don't think about it. It doesn't bother me because I don't think about it. Except when I snap at one of my kids because they're doing even subconsciously a behavior that reminds me of that person or, you know, just all sorts of different things that, that come out, um, you know, with some people it's frequent sickness or they get sick a lot. That can be a trauma response for some people. It's constant tight shoulders. That can be the body holding onto trauma. There's all these different things that, um, we don't even recognize sometimes that can make us less effective, that can keep us bound from the freedom that God wants for us. And so my encouragement for you today and this week is that as we were talking about confession, if you are sitting there thinking, well, I don't have anything to confess, um, perhaps do a life map. And and maybe all you will discover is this redemptive thread of God's hand on your life throughout your entire life. But maybe what you'll discover is there's some things that you need to deal with. Because this is a season where God is revealing things so he can heal them. Because my goal for you is for you to be on the other side of that and knowing what it means to walk in freedom, to walk in a place of forgiving somebody or even possibly asking forgiveness of somebody that you hurt. That can be powerful and that can be healing. And 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 I will tell you too, even if you can't go to that person and ask them for, for forgiveness, sometimes you need to forgive yourself. Sometimes you need to ask God for forgiveness. There was there was a moment and one of the things that this brought up, this this was actually this life map exercise was the beginning of the path that led me to EMDR therapy for some of the trauma in my past. But I remember sitting with my therapist and I remember telling her about something that I carried a lot of shame around because it was something I had done to somebody else. And she said to me, um, you were a child and there should have been an adult to intervene, to keep you from doing that because children don't know they have to be taught. Children don't know the right or the wrong way uh, to, to behave. And that's why we have adults to keep other children safe. And, and in that moment, I realized that I had carried so much shame 
over this one thing that I did when I was probably six years old, um, that, I mean, it was, it wasn't terrible. It was just something that I didn't even realize I carried shame because, um, I would never consciously hurt another person emotionally, you know, with your words or anything like that. But, but yet I remember doing that as a child and the, the childhood shame that I carried because I didn't have an adult to say, Hey, that's not okay. That's not how we treat people we love. This is, you know, we're going to apologize or whatever it was that may seem like such a little thing, but what happened was, is I internalized that shame in a way that it was a seed. And then anytime I did anything offensive, it would compound that shame I already carried to the point where here as an adult, I have carried shame for a long, long time, shame that wasn't mine to carry. And so when I released that and I prayed through that and I asked God's forgiveness for that, and then I forgave myself for that, what happened was, is I was able to let go of that shame. And I think all of those things that weigh us down, keep us from being as effective as we can for the kingdom, or they cloud our thought life, or they cloud our emotions so that we can't be as effective for the kingdom. So I'm going to pray over you, but that's how we're going to start off this week. Just through this idea of starting to come to terms with the things that we have hidden that perhaps we need to confess, even things that we didn't think were there and being committed to our healing and not just a surface level healing, but what I want for you is deep deep level healing, because that's how we're going to get to the freedom side of things. God, thank you for the way that you use your word to convict our hearts or to show us your pathway through spiritual growth in our lives and how two things can be true at once. That yes, there is one mediator, Jesus, and you have given us him as the mediator. But I also recognize that in your word, it talks about confessing our sins to one another and praying for one another and the value that comes through those relationships. God, I pray that as we start this week, you would help us to not feel like those two need to be reconciled, but that both can be true because both are found in scripture and neither one excludes the other. God, as we are starting to think about that this week, help us to perhaps recognize the things that we need to confess to you, to other people, And maybe even the things that we have kept long buried. That others would say, yeah, maybe we're justified in carrying on forgiveness. But God, we know that deep down you want us to walk in freedom. You want us to walk in a place where we can forgive, not forget, but we can forgive in a way that gives us freedom. God, I thank you and I praise you for the way that you care about the intimate details of our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, friends, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, friends, before you go, I just wanted to fill you in on something. I've gotten a lot of questions recently about what's next. People have gone through the She Hears Bible study and they kind of want to have some direction as far as what to do next. Don't worry, I will be writing more studies. But in the meantime, the goal of the She Hears Bible study was to not only help you to learn how to hear Jesus through the example of the six women 
in the study, but really for you to have a, a set of tools to use that you can apply to other passages of scripture. So what I have available for you on the resources page of my website is a couple different tools to help you do just that. And depending on your budget, there's lots of options. The first option is just a very simple uh, ESV version book of John Bible journal. And so what that is, is on one side, you have the scripture from the the whole book of John. So on one side, you have the actual scripture verse by verse. And on the other side, you have places to take notes. And so that's a really easy place to continue doing the color method of study. And if you don't have the colors that we have designated in the study, those are available. I think they're just a couple bucks in the, in the resources page as well. But you can continue to use that color method throughout, you know, one chapter or a, a couple verses. It's a really easy way to do that. And they're small. You can kind of tuck it into your bag. The second resource is similar, except it's all four gospels like that. And so that, that one is done by Hosanna Revival and they're just beautiful. Um, I love them, just the aesthetic of them. They make me feel really special when I'm working in them. And so that's all four of the Gospels. And that's a little bit more expensive because you're getting the whole set. And then the third option, and there's two different price points depending on what you're looking for, is we have journaling Bibles. And so there's the hardcover that are beautifully painted, and then also the leather bound. And what I love about those is when you open them up inside, you will see space in the margins to continue to write. Some people just have a thing about writing in their Bibles. Not me. My Bibles are all marked up. But if you have a thing about writing in your Bibles, this could be a dedicated journaling Bible where you can do the color method and not worry about getting, you know, your study Bible all messed up. And so I pray that those resources bless you. I started putting those in the shop after people started requesting them. And then I realized that I never really told you guys about them unless you private message me. So in case you're looking for what's next, what's more, this is a really good transition after you finish the She Hears Bible Study. I pray that it blesses you. Have a good week, friends. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.